You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. that part of the text that we read on Sunday, there's something there, so I want us to start from there. In Luke 22, verse 7 to 13, um, it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, and the, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There make ready. So they went and found it just as they had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Spirit of the living God, quicken the truth from this word into our hearts and into our lives. In the name of Jesus. Now, this is a passage that you can actually just read and move on. But let's look at it in details now. So, let's go back to 7 now. It says, then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. Okay? Now, 28. And he sent Peter and John, saying, What? Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So, this is an instruction, okay, given to these two disciples. Now, when he said, Go and prepare, notice he didn't tell them where. He said, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. That's what he said to them. So, God says something to me. God says something to you. God says something to us. Just like we know there are so many things God said to us. Both the ones he's saying we should do and the ones he's saying we shouldn't do. Okay? The natural reaction for Peter and John here, I believe maybe here they had grown in the spirit, in sensitivity. Remember, he had said to them some time ago, give this multitude something to eat. And they said there is not enough bread. There is no money. Go and prepare. Where? These people, they are not from Jerusalem. They are visiting. They are passing by. Okay? They don't have no house. They have no accommodation. They have nothing here. So where are we going to prepare? It's like saying, go and prepare for me a place where I'm going to host a birthday party. The Passover was a major celebration. So I called to of you, go and prepare. But notice what happened there. Verse 9. Verse 9 says, so they said to him, where is this place we are going to prepare? Praise the Lord. Where do you want us to go? Where? We don't have any place. And when they asked that question, he now answered them, verse 10. And he said to them, behold, you see, when you have entered the city, Jerusalem, you're going to do what? A man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Now, slow down now. Now, what he's saying here, only omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence can do this. He didn't say when you enter the city, you see a big house. He said you enter the city, you see a man carrying a pitcher of water. So this is time sensitive. Do you understand? This man and they must walk at the velocity and direction 
at which they must cross. Is someone following me? And he says, when you meet this man, you follow him into the house. What if this man decided to stop by another house? No, omnipotence will not allow him to do that. You see, what I want us to see tonight is to see how big, how wise, how great, how calculated God is. So you can have peace. It says, follow him into the house which he enters. It doesn't stop. They say, continue 11. It says, then you shall say to the master. So this servant leads in strangers into the house. And the strangers say to the master of the house, what? The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? When did they have this conversation? Was there, did he send email? Are you with me? How could this have been set up? This looks like a movie director who wrote out a script, rehearsed it, and said, now let's play it out. But you know what? That's how your life is. That's how my life is. Psalm 139, let's look at it. We'll read from verse 12. You know, these are the things that makes the Christian unlike no other person on, this, on the surface of the earth. What, what we're learning now is more than gold. Are you with me? It's more than silver. It establishes that you are not walking in darkness. Psalm 139 verse 12. Let's start from 12. It says, Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Let, let, let me break it down as we go. So, do you know that the fact is that life as we know it is darkness to all of us? Because you see, how much can you predict with all our best plans, with all our best intentions, with all our best efforts, how much can we predict? Because we have to live in the now with the consequences of what is going to come or what is being planned that we're not aware. But the Bible here says what? That darkness and light are what? Are both the same to our God, which means nothing is hidden from him. He would not, that's why he can stay and tell them you meet a man carrying a pitcher of water. He can stay where he is and tell them the man will go into the house. The house he'll go into will have enough room to accommodate at least 13 people. 12 disciples plus Jesus. The master will also have it in his heart to give up that accommodation to us. Only Jehovah can know that. You understand? You have a friend that has a big house. And you know he loves you. He's going to do anything for you. You can come and he traveled. You can come and he's already made a commitment. But before this God, there's no darkness. So if he says to you, it is well with you. Don't tell him, can't you see this? Can't you see this? Can't you see this? He saw it before he said it is well with you. Praise the Lord somebody. He saw it. So this is how the psalm begins to flow and we're gone. And the Bible says, it says, verse 13, it says, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Now, your inward parts, my inward parts, I have never seen it. Praise the Lord. But God saw it. He saw it. He was involved. He fabricated it. He put it together. You know, and if that God tells me something, should I doubt him? Praise the Lord. Should I question him? Should I question his, his intelligence? Should I question his, you know, his capacity? Let's go. He says, I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame, still, you know, emphasizing, 
was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 16 says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And this ties with when he said to Jeremiah, before I formed thee, I knew thee and I ordained you. So God, before I was put together, said, this is what I want out of him. Okay. And he started putting those things together. And then look at what he says there. The second part says, and in your book, they all were what? Written. The days fashioned for me. The living Bible said, the days scheduled. You scheduled my days. You know what is a schedule? They plan that on Tuesday or today is Wednesday. On Thursday, you're going to be at the Hilton. They've booked the room for you. Are you with me? The day scheduled for me, when as yet there were what? None of them. What I want us to see here is the picture, clear picture, that even though you are in the now, God has finished your path. Do you understand? Even though we are here, that, that's why it says, when Moses said to him, who is it? What shall I tell you? He said, I am. Then in Revelation now, Jesus, breaking it down for John, says, I am Alpha and Omega. If I say I was, or if I say I'm healer, I restrict, I'm bigger than healer. If I say I'm provider, I'm bigger, I'm bigger than all of that. Just know that I am. Because everything there is flows from me. Praise the Lord. So it says there, it says, in your book, they all were written. So I want you to think for a moment. So my next week, God has written it out. My next month, God has written it out. You know, you learn these things and they demand, they, sometimes they place a demand on you. Because there's a way you would have wanted your next week to be. Praise the Lord. There's a way you would have preferred your life to go, your days to go. But they said, he who formed you, he, like we say here, he who knew you before you knew you, planned your path. Okay? So he says, this is how I want this season of your life to go. But you don't want that season to go that way. What should you do? The question you should ask yourself, who is more qualified to plot the graph of my life? Is it not the one who knew it? Okay? So, as Christians, when we see things like this, it helps us put together everything concerning our work with God. It helps us put together everything that God is calling us to. Because, you see, like, like we started on Sunday, confidence in science is someone can have confidence in the future you take a phone you you're traveling to a city you've not been before and all you have is the phone number of somebody there isn't it when you land at the airport you dial some numbers and you believe that that number will go into the um, network okay go through the satellite and then locate somebody somewhere he will answer and if it's video call he will see your face why because science has been able to do all of that and you can predict it. So you put assurance in it. Are you with me? Now, what should give you better confidence than that you're going to a city, okay? And that city you're going to, you have gone there before, the day before. I don't know how to put this in place, okay? And you have seen that person and he has picked you up. Do you understand? That is what confidence in God is. God does not go to do. God has done. It says in your book, they were reading what? The day. So before you went to Shagamu, they had recorded when Pastor Lord gets to Shagamu, the prime minister of the Oba will come and pick him up. 
and will give him a, a widow and amala. He will eat it. He will ask for more. They will write. They recorded it there. <laughs> Do you understand? That's what they record. That's what he's saying in his book. They've recorded everything concerning. You have not yet gone, but they've recorded it. Which one should give you more confidence? The challenge is because we don't know him enough. That's why he says, I had not seen, he has not heard, neither has he heard, but God has what? So as, as by the spirit, you come into a revelation of what God has done, your confidence increases. So I have a phone. Like most times I don't hold money, but if I hold my phone, I know that if I need money, I can call and, you know, help will come. Do you understand? But now when you know that where you're going, it has already been played out. So you can't have low battery in this case. You can't have no network in this case. Do you understand? Nothing can cut it short. That's what he said. In the volume of your book, they were written, the days fashioned for me. So God is not in history. Even though he's done it in the past, he's so together that what is done, he says the days, can you give us, um, um, is it the NLT or the Living Bible translation? I think the Living Bible, please. Thank you. Let's read it. It says, you saw me before I was born and did what? What did you do? You scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. How many of us have seen someone's diary? And the person said, today I woke up, I was feeling like this, I went this, somebody slapped me, somebody greeted me, somebody. That's the record of their past. They are saying God has a diary of your tomorrow. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is where our faith comes from. So now, when we now go to Romans 8 now. Romans 8.28 now says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, we can do the Living Bible again on this, so, so we see. Because that word purpose can confuse us and may be a bit too far. It's simply saying there is a plan. This is what it says, Living Bible. He says, and we know that all things that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are what? Fitting into his plan. So the only way my Shagamu trip, sorry, Pastor Lord Shagamu trip, will not be received by the prime minister and he eat a malewedu is that he does not want to fit into that plan. But as long as he loves God, which we learned on Sunday is what? To obey God. He's just obeying God and wants to fit into the plan of God. Everything can only but fit into that divine plan. Flight delay. They delay his flight. It means the prime minister's uh, car had a flat tire. And they don't want him to get at the airport and wait. So they, there's a delay here. They put a delay on the other side. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is that big. He said to them, when you get into the city, when did he send the man with the pitcher of water? Do you understand? How, how did they journey? You, you, you will understand geography here. So there's geography, there's acceleration, there's all of that. He didn't say, I, I wish he had said, you see a signboard. So you meet a, your emotion, you meet a man in motion. Somebody should fear God. Who knows the rate at which Peter and John will be walking? What if they saw some mango on the road and tried to pluck and eat? All that was factored in that they must meet at a point. You know why? God is Alpha and Omega. Praise the Lord. So it says, working for good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. Continue please. 29. 
So it says, for from the very beginning, this, you know, part of what we looked at, God decided that those who came to him and all along he knew, this is the foreknowing, who he knew who would, should become like his son so that his son will be the first with many brothers, 30. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came to him, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness, gave us right standing with himself, and promised us his glory. Thank you, Jesus. 31. 31 says, what can we ever say to such wonderful things as this? So we have this as our testimony. He said, what can we ever say? If God is on our side, then what? Who can ever be against us? This is where the peace that you may be filled with all peace and joy in what? Believing. So you believe this, you will have peace and joy. You truly believe this. You will be filled with peace and joy. In all situations, you believe that you believe this is a plan, you know. You truly believe that God just, you know, some of us like surprises. Then you just expect surprises. When it doesn't seem to be working good, you expect and that is a surprise. For those here whom their husbands or wives have done surprises for, you know that day will look like it's very ordinary. In fact, you're already angry with the man or the woman. So for this, my birthday, you're not planning anything. You're not planning anything. Then wow, it's a surprise, isn't it? Uh-huh. So the same way, is, that's what he's saying. What can we ever to say to such wonderful things? If God is on our side, that means every day we know he has the plan. Something is being worked out. Praise the Lord, somebody. The last verse, 32, now says, he says, since he did not spare his he did not spare even his own son for us, but gave him up for us. He said, wouldn't he also what? Surely give us everything else. And when I read this, I felt we needed to point out here. He said, when you look at the scripture now, everything else. If your heart is not fully circum- circumcised to love God. Remember the basis of our relationship is love for God. He loves us and we love him, Okay. If your heart is not fully circumcised to love God, the tendency is that this everything for you will be without border, without, you know, limits. So, everything. But now, remember he has a plan. So, when you remember he has a plan, this everything he's going to give me will be everything in line with what? His plan. Because if you go back to 28, it said there's a plan that is fitting us into. So coming down here now, I see that if he did not withhold his son Jesus, but gave him up, then that means nothing can stop me from experiencing the fullness of that is planned. Let, let's look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. And for, and for that, just get this. Peace and joy, stability, assurance, confidence. You know, a, a place of fullness, a place of satisfaction. Romans 1 and 2. Sorry, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Thank you, sir. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Number two, says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that I may prove, that we may prove what is what, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? So we see what is happening here. Verse two, says, we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that what? We may prove what is that. So see what categories of God's will. There's the good will, 
there is acceptable will and there is what? The perfect will. Remember, he has a plan. That plan is his will. Okay? Now, the Bible is saying that if I conform to this word, I will not prove neither the good, nor the acceptable, nor the perfect will of God. I'll be outside of his will. Isn't that what he's saying? But if I conform, if sorry, if I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind, then I begin to walk in that thing that he purposed for me. So it becomes follow come. You understand? I fit into what he planned even before I got on the scene. So it's like a track. I run on it. Now see what is happening here. Let me show you that in the living Bible again. So you're going to see. The living Bible says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But be what? A new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. This is the part I'm going to. Then you will learn from your own experience what? How his ways will do what? Really satisfy you. You know why? Nothing can satisfy you like that original plan. Nothing. You understand? So there is completely out of his will. There is a good will. There is acceptable will. And there is a perfect will. So everybody you see is living in degrees. In line or out of line with that will. Every circumstance we face is flowing in, you know, is flowing in degrees. Either in line or out of that will. But what is sure is that his will is there. What is sure is that he has the capacity and the willingness to bring his total goodwill. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ came to show. He walked, he said, what I see the Father do what? That I do. So Jesus walked in that perfect will of God. Completely fulfilled. He said, he who sent me is always with me. Why? Because I always do those things that are what? Pleasing to him. He walked in that perfect way. But you and I, we know how it is. Some of us had spent 50 years before we even called on the name of Jesus. Some of us, 20 years. Some of us were blessed. The children here, you're blessed. You know, maybe at four years, five years, six years, eight, ten years, or all of that. But what happens is this. The moment you come into that encounter with Jesus, immediately there's a recalibrating. How many of us use a G- GPS here? You know, when you disobeyed, it's so patient. You know, I think he learned from the Spirit of God. He was just reroute. He never aborts. He never says, you're stupid. I'm not directing you again. He was just patiently recalculating route. Recalculating route. Okay? So, whenever we call upon the name of the Lord, that's what happened. So, salvation comes. And from that point, what happens is that our route is what? Recalculated. And they begin to give us directions. Now, it's your choice to follow that direction from then on. That's what the Apostle Paul proved to us. So we see him from the moment he had that encounter. And he asked that critical question. What do you want me to do, Lord? From that moment, he only did what the master wanted him to do. You know, that's why I don't join people. They say, Paul was a murderer. Paul was a this. He that told, God tell that to the unsaved. The saved people. After Paul became saved, did he murder anybody? Did he persecute anybody? So, so it's not a message for the saved. It's a message, evangelical message, where you're preaching to where they are kidnappers, ritualists. You tell them it doesn't matter what you did, the blood of Jesus is able to what? Save you. The apostle Paul you hear of, he did this and this, but if you call on him, but you don't come to people who Jesus saved 
have been working with Jesus for 17 years and tell them David was adulterer. Eh, that's what your born again wants to take you through. Is someone getting what I'm saying? So it says that when you begin to, you know, align with this and this new life comes, he said you will learn from your own experience. There's, I, I don't know if I have a testimony where you know that you are in the center at this point in time. You did what God wanted to. There's a peace. There's a joy. There's a fulfillment. Because in that moment, time and eternity, you know, aligned. And you just fit into that schedule that was written about your life before you began. But when you're anxious, when you're agitated, when all kinds of things are happening, the simple explanation is that you're not living in line. And the easiest way to bring us to that place is where we believe, put our trust in him. We set our heart on him. Let's look at Ephesians 2 from verse 8 again now. It says, For by grace we have been saved through faith. That not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? Good works. Now read the last part. It says, Which God prepared when? Beforehand. The same thing. It was written. When they created it, they said, This is what you're going to do with your voice. Healing will come by your giftings. Nations will be delivered. You see, it was written. All of that were recorded. But you know what? Look at what it says. It said that we must walk in it. Is that what it said? No, that we should. Which means you may or may not. Now, if the devil knows that I'm designed for greatness, and I may or may not walk in that path, if you want to think like the devil, what will I do? What should the devil do? You know what the devil will do? We should know that. The devil will come and tempt you so that you will not drop, you will not surrender to that good plan because he knows where that plan will lead you. So that's what he began to do to Joseph from childhood. He made sure Joseph from creation, they said this one will, by means of him, we will save his family. So you know what the devil did when he read the file? He said, make sure this family are mean to Joseph. So they started being mean to him. Isn't it? And if they are mean to Joseph, what should Joseph do? Joseph should also what? Fire for fire. And if that happened, what would have happened? Joseph would have stepped out of the schedule of his life. So while they were being mean to Joseph, somehow Joseph heard the sermon you're hearing. And was not conformed to this world. But be what was transformed. He did not have a regular mind. His mind was renewed. So he did not conform. So they were getting meaner. When that one didn't work. In Potiphar's house. They sent adultery. And Joseph also was not conformed to this world. The devil said this boy is playing with me. Say let's deal with him the final one now. Let's put him in prison. This is a high level. You know, we've learned here that there are categories of sins. When, when we're talking to young converts, you know, new people, we're talk, talking to them about physical sins, you know, you still commit adultery and all of that, okay? But there's a level of sin that is graduate level. That's where bitterness, where people now judge God unfaithful. Where in their hearts, you know, where you've heard people say, I've been there, done that, leave this matter. Some of those people, their hearts... 
you know, by reason of the attempt and the wickedness of the devil, he has so bruised them that they are not happy with God. May we be delivered from that place in Jesus. Because when Joseph went into prison, one thing that happens when a man goes to prison is that he has a lot of time to think. So Joseph sits in prison and he begins to think of his life. What have I done? Where have I offended God? Since I was born, I've been doing my best. There are some people thinking like that. You announce wedding and they start asking God, you know how I kept myself. You know how I didn't do this. Now I'm 37 years old. Joseph had time to think. You brought me here as a slave and I did my best. This is the reward I get. After that, you know what should have happened? They say root of bitterness. His own would not have been root of bitterness. It's trunk of bitterness. He should have been moving around in that prison with a trunk of bitterness. And if he did that, he would no longer fit into the plan. That's why we're learning. There's a plan. Anytime you miss it, say that we should, created in Christ Jesus, beforehand that we should do, we should work, means advice. You know when they say you shouldn't go there, you should go here. If you go where they say you shouldn't go, what you see now your own. Do you understand? It's not you must not go there. Because if you go there, it won't harm them. It's you that it will harm. So don't, you shouldn't go there. If I were you, I, you know, I wouldn't. That's what they say. So instead of a root, a trunk of bitterness, Joseph in the prison was working with love and was going about asking prisoners, prisoners that deserve to be in prison, trying to encourage them. It was through that root that God found to fulfill what was written before Joseph was born, that we may what? Walk in it. Child of God, there is a path. You understand what I'm saying? There is a preordained path. And the enemy is, is looking. If I leave this boy, if I don't offend him, if I so some of us you wonder why is there so much offense? I pity people who are not, you know, deep. Because God plants you. I was discussing with my wife sometimes, and we're talking about people leaving the church. I say, God help them. Let it be it's the spirit that is leading them. But God plants you in church and nobody stole from you. Nobody uh, molested you, nothing. And one day you just say you don't like the way the pastor is moving, shaking his head. You get up and go. You have left the path where they will send you the message of your deliverance. Do you understand? You have left it. You're on your own. Because if they ask you, and uh-huh, what happened? So why did you leave? You say, well, um, you know, <clears throat> uh, you finish all of that. You've not said anything. Do you understand? I told you people here, if I, for those who are new, I told you. My pastor, the person I call my pastor now, Pastor Tony Rapp, I was in church during praise and worship, singing out my bad voice the best I could. He from the altar pointed me out, say, you there, you, 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 where, why are you not singing? Do you understand? Why are you not singing? And everybody turned and was looking at me and I was singing. <laughs> Do you understand? You know why? The devil wanted to create offense. He's the one that I told you. When I was following the seer, the woolly woman that was seeing all kinds of things. My pastor had never seen a vision for me. He had never told me what I ate for breakfast. He had never told me the cutting in my house. As far as I'm concerned, he's not seen. You say, you know this. He's not seen. Then he tells me to stop going to somebody that is seen. But because 
I knew the Spirit of God had mercy on me. I said, this is your pastor. Depending on what you're looking for, that will determine the judgments you make. You know, the Bible says to the shrewd, God shows himself shrewd. Because God knew the purity of my heart, I wanted him. I obeyed a man who was not seen and stopped going. Let, let me even tell you some details that you don't understand. This woman, I told her, because, I mean, I'm just, I want to know God. I want to serve God. I told her, okay, that I want to go and see my pastor. And, you know, she told me that if I see my pastor, my pastor is going to say I should join prayer department. I went and saw my pastor. My pastor said I should join prayer department. So I was excited. That was when I told him. I told him, you see, you and this woman, you're, in this, you're, you're on the same page. Oh. <laughs> you people are flowing. He said, what? Don't go there again. That was the last time. So, so when people, you, you're not coming to church for pastor. My own job is not to, it, it, say, it says whoever causes any of these little ones, you know, to, to sin. He said it would be better for him that he was not born. Okay. Or that a, a, a millstone was you know, wrapped on his neck and thrown. That's my own job. Your own job is to endure sound doctrine. Do you understand? That's our business. The love that we love each other is a command. They don't say feel good about you. I love you by command. As long as you're here, I'll keep loving you. As long as you're here, you have to keep loving me. And loving your fellow <laughs> believer. Do you understand? We're, we're not joking. There is a devil. He will throw offenses. Somebody, some time ago, a lady, very wise lady, something happened, you know, and, you know, people were living, I think when we're living, she said, these women are not wise. I'm going to follow this man because I know that as long as my husband is following him, he will not misbehave. Whereas at the same time, some people were asking, are you following Igbo, man? That's, the, that's how they saw the anointing. They follow Igbo. And when they asked them in eternity, why didn't you fulfill purpose? Why? Because we sent your word of deliverance here. They'll say, no, it was Igbo, Igbo. So the Igbo man was following who before? People don't understand how dice. You must contend earnestly for this. There's a path. There's a record. Some of us, the destinies that God has prepared. Is, imagine, just, just imagine if Joseph missed it. And then in eternity, they're showing him. They're showing him Joseph, prime minister of Egypt. And are showing the whole of his family coming to find sustenance and accommodation. And showing the whole thing, the part is going to play. And they say, what happened? Why couldn't you fulfill destiny? And Joseph will realize it was bitterness. Uh, uh, somebody spoke to me somehow. I, I cannot stand there and be disrespected no matter by whom. Eh? No matter by whom. And your master was disrespected. Praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm not their mate. They can't talk to me anywhere. Where are your mates? Ancient of days. <laughs> uh, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, the point here is this. It says, which God prepared beforehand. So every day, there's a plan. And now, for you and I, we have not been given. You know, the Bible says, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What we have is lamp and light. We don't have flashlight. So we can't see very far. So my responsibility, should I help you today, is to just obey him today. He has the path. He knows how to shift me and push me. That, that's why when you come here, I tell you, don't, don't be worried about greatness. The greatness God has plotted for you by simple obedience. How did Joseph enter greatness ultimately? From doing something in prison. Joseph did not write application. He did not prepare CV. You understand? His, his prayer point was send me back to my people. That's his prayer point. 
Is that what God answered? No. So it's not even in your prayer list. You know what? What has been written, it's God is more desirous of blessing you than you can want to be blessed. The real blessing. You see, this thing about prosperity, God wants to prosper you more than you can want to be prospered. Didn't he say, my city shall spread abroad through prosperity? It's not what we distract ourselves with. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, we're going to pray. Because as we look at these things, I just, I just say, Lord, help us. Amen? Because it, it should be so simple. So, the, the Bible says, uh, uh, the promises of God for us in Christ Jesus, they're not yes and nay. This is a settled thing. Glory is determined for you. Isn't it? Just like we can see with Joseph's life. Glory was determined for him. Greatness was determined for him. You know, that's the path. God has prepared it for you. The only thing that is the issue is, will you choose to conform or will you choose to be transformed? And then by transformation, you will experience, depending on the level, good, acceptable, and perfect will. It's there. Let's rise on our feet. I think we, we could start well from thanking him. From thanking him that he's speaking to us. On Sunday, we looked at Hebrews 4, where he says, talks about the people that will not enter his rest, even though the works had been finished from the foundation of the world. But we know that he wants us to enter. That's why he's directing us. That's why he's encouraging us. That's why he's charging us to believe him. Because the long and short of what we're saying is believe God no matter the situation. Believe God no matter the circumstance. Believe God no matter the trial. Believe God no matter the delay. Believe God no matter the experience. Believe God no matter what people say. Believe God. Why? God loves you. God has a plan for you. Yes. The thing about plans is that you just, unless you know the plan, you can't interpret accurately what is happening. The way I have it here, it says, it says, no more fear. Why? Because there's a plan. And, and what is coming to me is this. You know, you, you've seen some of those movies where, where I, I think there's this particular one. I can't remember the, the, the title of the movie. But you see, a, a police officer needed to help a suspect ex- escape. Okay? So he arranged that he would be left in the interrogating room with this suspect. And they left two of them together. And somehow by communication with eye language, he told the guy what he planned to do. So this officer began to beat this suspect, you know, attacked him, rushed him, which was contrary to the law. So in that process, they got into a fight, okay? But the plan was that he would be able to steal the key. And when the police officer leaves, later on this man will escape. That was what happened. But you see, if he didn't know there was a plan and the man started beating him, his whole game in that, during that beating was to take the key. So that the police officer would say, oh, it was during the fight that he took the key. The plan hurt him, but the plan worked for him. Is someone with me now? You may be in a season of life where the plan may be hurting, but it was intended for your good. Are you with me? The plan may be painful, but it is all working for your good. If you follow him, if you trust in him. Tonight, I just want us to tell our father, you are a good, good father. And I will trust in you. You are a good, good father. And I will wait on you. 
I cannot stand here and explain to you what you're going through. But I can stand here and declare to you that God said to tell you, I know the plan that I have for you. There is a plan. The passage we read in Psalm 39 says, the great is the sum of your thoughts towards me. It says, if I were to count them, they are too marvelous. There is a plan, sister. The way you wanted your life to go, maybe it hasn't gone that way. But tonight, God sent me to tell you that I have a plan. And my plan is good for you. My plan is acceptable for you. My plan is perfect for you. If you will trust in me, even from now, to somebody saying, I will restore to you the years that the canker one, that the locust, that the palmer one, if you would trust in him from tonight, you're hearing me. And say to God, I will trust in you, my maker and my faithful God. I don't, I wouldn't have chosen this path, but you love me more than I love myself. And I will trust in the path you took, chose for me. I surrender. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online.org. God bless you.